Have you ever had the thought, when I'm in charge, that'll be different? (laughs) I thought so, and you're not alone. This is often the topic on the podcast. Whether the guests are sharing their learning moments, their called to lead situations, or I'm sharing something I just can't keep to myself, we're in it for the leadership, for those calling forth moments and teachings that are so good we just have to talk about them. I'm Karen Gillen, life coach for business leaders and your host. Let's get to the show. Welcome to the podcast, Angie. It's good to have you here. Thank you, Karen. It's so excited to be here with you. So we have a funny story to tell. At least I think it's funny. Um, I just met Angie two weeks ago, maybe? I think so. Yeah. On LinkedIn. You know how you get all those messages on LinkedIn and you're like, yeah, I want to be your friend and and buy your special sales process after yes, never yes. having heard of you before. That's not or how Or hop happened. on a call, hop on a call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I want to hear what you were doing on LinkedIn and then I'll share my side of the story. What were you doing over there connecting with me? Well, well it's so funny because you said it was a process and maybe I need to document it internally. Um, yeah. It was really me being me. So I kind of, introduce myself normally as a super connector. Like I'm just that person that when I meet people and I hear what they're doing, I immediately create connections, kind of almost like linear connections in my Mm -hmm. head. Um, And so I had been on one of our coaching calls for our membership, the Podwise Co-op and Michelle Clayton, who did your branding and your redesign, Mm -hmm. um, shared that she had an interview going live and she had just published it on LinkedIn. And I said, okay, cool. When I'm, when we're off this call, I'll go over and I'll comment on it just to kind of give, you know, the love trying to figure Uh out the LinkedIn algorithm because I'm pretty new to it. Uh And so from there, I think then you and I connected in the DMS, we should pull this up because I don't, I think we connected in the DMS. Yeah. Yeah. You just seemed, there was something about the energy, even in the posts that Michelle shared and candidly. I adore Michelle and she's super professional and, you know, I feel like like attracts like, and so Mm -hmm. anyone that loves her, I would love to get to know. And then we connected in the DMs. You shared with me about the book that you're writing, Mm -hmm. that you were interviewing people for it. And you shared who you were looking for, like high level female leaders And I said, I know someone who might be a great connection for you. At which point I think we took the party to email and Mm -hmm. I introduced you to my friend, Megan, who is amazing. She's a vice president of communications at a very large company. Um, And I connected the two of you. And then I think from there, you asked me to come on the show. Am I remembering this correctly? Then I was like, I got to listen to her podcast because one of the things (laughs) that we're always talking about when I'm coaching coaches is getting more eyeballs, visibility, and getting your your message out there and guesting on podcasts. Yes. So your business is how to, like you help people become really good guests and get booked. Yeah. Yeah. So we have the... We pitch our clients. So we have a couple of different arms, but sometimes we do that for them. And then other times in the program that Michelle is in, we have content so they can learn how to do it. And then we just really support them through the process. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Super fun. I was um, driving around in my mom car with kids in the back and 
you know, swimsuits on because it's summertime and I'm listening to your podcast and you were talking to, I don't even remember who, but I was like, oh, this is it. This is how you do it. She's like (laughs) doing the thing because now even on the podcast, you said, and then people invite you to speak to their communities or invite you on their podcast. And I'm like, yep, it's happening. I'm totally going to invite her on my (laughs) podcast. (laughs) So then I had to go to Voxer and be like, I'm in the process. It's working. I totally want to have you on my podcast. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So here we are. We made it. Well, I think that's kind of what's missing in any social situation that one, I felt very quickly that you and I had aligned energy and it Mm -hmm. wasn't that I was looking for you to hire me or me to hire you or you to invite me onto your show. It's we serve, we have some sort of overlap in the types of people that we serve. We have good energy. So let's just at least be connected on LinkedIn. And then we kind of took it from there. Yeah. So there is kind of a process. You're like, you love Michelle Clayton. This is how you get on a podcast. You fall in love with Michelle Clayton (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then you notice who are the people who she really connects with and then you connect with them. Yeah. Yeah. can be an SOP. And sometimes it works. I mean, sometimes they don't have a podcast or an audience that is a good fit, right? But Mm -hmm. in this case, it seems like there's some synergy there. There is. So what should we, what should we talk about in terms of podcast guesting and and what you do and your expertise. I actually like to start yeah. with, like, how did you get there? How is yeah. this the business you have? It's a long, convoluted story. Um, so I was working in outside sales when my kiddos were little. They were two and four when I decided I wanted to have more time with them. I wanted to have more flexibility. And also I was really bored at my job because mm-hmm. I was driving around, going into offices. And I felt like, If I was going to be away from my kiddos, I mean, the paycheck was important, but I wanted to be loving and passionate about what I was doing and I wasn't. So I transitioned home like a lot of women um, with actually a direct sales company, which is so, you know, I mean, everyone has their opinion on it, but it was the fastest way for me to be able to earn income Mm -hmm. and transition home and still contribute to the family budget. So it was with a company that was focused on meal planning. And at the same time, I started hearing about this online world through podcasts. I had always listened to, even on Sirius, like when that was, I mean, it's a thing, but I was listening to it a lot. Um, And then I started listening to podcasts and hearing about online courses and just this online learning platform where you could grow an audience and help them. And so I kind of transitioned that business into hilarious now. My kids are 10 and 12. A a course on how to meal plan. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've fallen off the rails on that in my personal (laughs) life. (laughs) But anywho, um, so I had a course and I started pitching myself to various outlets in order to grow my audience and get more eyes on it. And I didn't, I mean, I don't have a background in uh, PR, advertising, even officially marketing. And Mm -hmm. so I just did what I knew as a connector and reached out to people, shared what I thought would be really relevant for their audience and asked the question. It wasn't a hard sell. You know, it was, I have an idea. What do you think about this? Mm -hmm. So I've always really approached pitching as more of an idea for collaboration than me white knuckling you to say yes. (laughs) Um, 
And as I started getting different opportunities, one, I saw the impact it had on my business. At that point, I had like a free Facebook group and it was really driving the growth of that group. And I also saw how it helped me grow my network of people who knew what I was doing. And then people started asking, like, how did you get on the local news? And how did you get on this podcast? Mm -hmm. And so... I mean, you know, growing an audience and especially the mom space, it's not super easy. And it was just one of those things I kind of fell into. So I wasn't married to the idea of being a meal planning genius forever. Mm -hmm. And I started taking on clients and pitching them. And that was back in 2017. And at that point I pitched for anything like local TV, uh, written publications. And then we very quickly narrowed it down to podcasts because for me, that was where the biggest ROI came. And it was really the people that I loved working with and building relationships with. So you've been building podcast relationships since 2017. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's nice because we do have people when we're pitching our clients that Mm -hmm. know that we send only well-vetted guests and they know we're sending topics, it's almost like we're doing some of their content planning for them because we're giving them, you know, topics that their audience would appreciate because we know their audience. Which is the best pitch to get. It's like, take the caloric load away from me. Like you do some work, I'll show up here. Because it's not, you know, it doesn't cost nothing to run a podcast, even if you're running it on Anchor, which is free, which is where I use mine. You know, editing and having your VA create images and using a service to get the transcriptions. Like it's, yeah, it's a lot of work. It's an investment. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So you took the windy road here, like most of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I've been binging a little bit of your show and I feel like your road also had twists and turns to it. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And who knows where we'll end up, but What's the, um, what do you notice is the number one stumbling block for people to pitch themselves? I think, so I'm not going to really talk. I mean, we can talk about it if you want to, but you and I both have gotten pitches that are horrible, um, that have nothing to do with our show. It's just a very obvious, not a great fit. I have to imagine that's not what your audience is doing. Um, You know, there's like a special group of people who do Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The other group of people who I love working with, and I imagine that you love working with too, um, tend to get in their head a little bit too much about pitching. And so they don't actually take that first step and they don't put themselves out there because there might be some fear of what if they say no, you know, and taking it a little bit personally there might be a little bit of that. I don't really know how to do it. It seems complicated. It's intimidating if you don't have a show and you're pitching to be a podcast guest, Mm -hmm. you know, you feel like, is it this strange world that I need to really be an expert in before I put my foot in the ring? Um, So I think the biggest challenge is people don't take action. And Mm -hmm. it's funny, I met Michelle during our challenge which is focused on getting five pitches out in five days, which I know sounds bananas, but I think it sounds the purpose, fun. <laughs> it is kind of fun. We're running yeah. it again um, in September, but. Oh, good. Okay. I want to do it. Yeah. But the beauty of it is that by the end of it, if you've really stuck with it, you see, oh, 
I just sent out five pitches. Like I had built this thing up to be so hard. And with a little bit of support and guidance, I was able to get them done. And that's really what we want to see people doing is taking action because then the momentum comes and then you're able to see the impact. Yeah. That's what the the feeling I got listening to your podcast is like, you're really helping people get the job done. Yeah. It's not just, here's an idea, go do this thing all by yourself. It's like, no, you're either, you can have us do it for you or we can make sure you do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, there's a lot of people in the online space and they're happy to enroll people. And I understand it. Like I have to separate myself from the outcome that some Mm -hmm. of our members have, but I really show up as much as I can within my own boundaries and I'll do whatever you need within those timeframes to help support you. Michelle had another win. It was even yesterday. Um, She had pitched someone and Michelle doesn't have, she's going to hear this episode and think, oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Michelle. Hi, we love you. (laughs) Um, This host was only doing swaps to where she was only saying yes to guests who had their own show. And so, I mean, a lot of the people in our program are not podcast hosts. A lot are, but there's a good portion that are simply guests. And she's like, I don't know how to come back. You know, I don't know what to offer her. And so on one of our coaching calls, we coached through it and I gave her a couple of options. She sent them back and the host was like, okay, let's, let's have you on the show. And they connected. So, um, I like pouring into people like that, that are taking action. It Mm -hmm. makes me, you know, sleep well at night knowing that I put out good in the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about, um, I mean, I'll, I'll agree with you. It is the taking action part. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the difference between somebody starting up their own podcast versus going and guesting first or instead of? I love that. Um, I guested first before I launched Go Pitch Yourself, which is Mm -hmm. our show. Um, I had a coach at the time. If you could have seen, Karin, the plan of what I wanted my podcast to be, it was (laughs) two episodes a week. I was going to launch with, uh, yeah. And my coach at the time, Rachel, said, well, are you consistently pitching yourself to be a guest on other shows? And I wasn't. And so she said, we'll start with an every other week show, batch record if you get ahead, but don't pour all of this energy into nurturing an audience because it's hard to build a podcast audience if you're just podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then do the visibility work at the same time. Like don't build this show if you don't have any bandwidth to go out and grow the audience. Right. So I recommend it too, because a lot of people don't necessarily love podcasting. Like it mm-hmm. is a, you're creating content, it's spoken, it's interviews. Um, it just might not be something that you love. And it's much better to pressure test that with a couple of guest interviews than doing the entire setup of hosting before you, you know, in order to realize it, it's an expensive, um, test to see. Yeah. Well, and I what think, are your thoughts? I wonder if we think the same. Yeah. On the life coaching front, 
there's a lot of, and now I have the pot, like I have the newsletter and now I have the podcast and there's a bit of a checkbox to it. Like this is how you do a life coaching business. And I just want yeah. to remind people that this isn't how you do a life coaching business. Mm-hmm. You do not have to have a podcast ever. It can be fun. Um, I find it really fun, but you know, what's even more fun than having a podcast, getting to be a guest on somebody else's podcast. It's it like really my is. favorite thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I, so I agree with you. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of, uh, you know, even just the, the tech attached to your desk goes yeah. up because you're doing it. But yeah, but I think no matter what, if you're guessing or having your own, have a good microphone, a decent enough mm-hmm. microphone, have some earbuds yeah. so that you don't have the, you know, do exactly. the work to have the good audio set up because that's a gift to your, to the host. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and you don't have to, I think this is where sometimes the intimidation factor comes into play. You don't have to have, we coach people who are just starting in guesting to, I mean, we've had success with clients having the regular, you know, Apple wired. Yeah, that actually works great. Yeah. The wired yeah. one. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like the, the room is more important than the microphone, because if you have a well insulated, soft surfaced room, you can get really great audio. Mm -hmm. I've had people who have Yeti mics and they sound like they're in a cave because of the, you know, it's a cute mic, but it's Mm -hmm. not always the best mic for a lot of environments at home, especially. Right. And if you have a Yeti, Google the settings, because every time I have an interview with somebody, Oftentimes their settings are totally wrong and the the mic yeah. placement is actually wrong too. And we improve their sound right before the interview. So just mm-hmm. putting that out there too. Yes. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah. I mean, I think podcast guest interviewing is like the most fun thing. So what else do we need to know about it to get yeah, excited I mean, and go out and do it? Yeah. So it was funny because you said, this is how you pitch to be, this is how you become a guest on shows. Um, And I have been doing a lot of that lately is connecting with people and just kind of seeing where it goes. And it does absolutely result in interviews. Mm -hmm. And also we send cold pitches every single day. So you can take those same sort of pillars of how you and I connected, like seeing if we had the same energy, seeing if we had complimentary audiences, and then you can go in for the ask. Like I never officially asked you, but we send emails every single day to shows that we haven't pitched before. I mean, it would be a disservice to clients if we only pitched them to mm-hmm. shows that we had relationships with. And it's really just by sending, I'm not going to say heartfelt, but because it, it still has to be a bit of a strategic email. It needs to be a good match for both parties. And and you said, I think too, you mentioned like figure out what the topic would be, do the heavy lifting. That's Mm -hmm. something we always talk about. I get a lot of pitches that are, you know, I think we have similar audiences. I think your audience would really enjoy a conversation with me, but they never share the topic. And I'm not going to go back and figure out what that topic would be. So in your pitches, if you send, you know, a suggestion on a collaboration with a topic, you're well ahead of most of what you and I probably get in our inboxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. So, yeah. I'm imagining like, you know, I think as coaches too, which is the majority of who's listening. Yeah. Oftentimes the first thing we think of to fix any problem is 
coach ourselves, get coached mm-hmm. and, you know, hiring a coach. But I want to remind everybody that there's stuff to be coached on and that costs time and energy and money. And then there's stuff you can hire out and that just costs some a little time and some money. Yeah. And so there are certain things, you know, marketing budgets and, and things like getting help to do stuff like pitching podcasts, where if you know you're not going to do it, but you know it has yeah. to be done, it is money really well spent. Because yeah. getting more eyeballs on what you do means you get to help more people. Yeah. yeah. Speaking to your audience of life coaches, potentially business coaches too, I know sometimes it kind of blurs into that. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we see folks in this space struggle with the most is standing out from the crowd because depending on where you're doing your work, if it's in the online space, especially, it can Mm -hmm. sometimes seem very crowded. And so when we have had clients who were life coaches or who were business coaches, there has to be some kind of hook. We pull, we are big advocates of pitching to the niches. So if there's a life coach, we had one before as a client and she worked with a lot of teachers. And so we had a pitch for her focused on, you know, her sort of skill set. She was kind of in the productivity money mindset space, but it related very specifically to teachers. So I would say for your audience, as they're coming up with topics, think about like, could this topic that I'm suggested suggesting be spoken to by the life coach sitting next to me? right? Like Mm, what mm -hmm. is going to make this topic stand out for this host and what's going to make me also stand out to this host. So the more you can tap into what, what your sort of um, like superpower is as a coach is going to be really impactful. Yeah. I, um, (laughs) it's like at, it's like a sandwich. You don't want two pieces of bread with just cheese. You can add some meat, you can add some sprouts, you can put in more cheese, different kinds of cheese. Yeah. Like I usually end up talking about <laughs> um commercial fishing when I get podcast interviews. Like somehow mm-hmm. it always comes out, but I've never thought about adding it into the pitch of like, yeah, we can talk oh, about yeah. business as it relates to my time as a commercial fisherman. Like, how can we put that in there early? That's a good idea. Oh, so that should totally be so the way that our pitches are organized, and actually at the end, if it's okay, I'll share a download um, yeah. with your audience. And it's got some of our pitches that we've sent out and were accepted. But oh, one amazing. of the one of the top paragraphs, I call it a lot of times bridging the gap. Um, mm-hmm. So you kind of share why you're reaching out, the idea that you had, and then we'll do like a one sentence. Used to be longer. We used to put in like that three sentence bio. And then as a host, I'm like, I don't really care. Um, is it a good topic? And are they qualified to talk about it? But in I would somehow put in that first connection paragraph or that blurb about you, something about that, because that would totally make you stand out. Right. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So pick that weird thing that you did when yes. you were <laughs> when you were younger yeah. and get it in there. Yeah. Um, and I hope everybody gets that download. I think too, with the timing of this podcast, we should all be in the five-day challenge. Oh, that would be so fun. Yeah. yeah. So that, so this, the challenge starts on September 12th, 2022. Um, okay. The website, it's live to sign up for it. It's the Podwise group. Podwise is with a Z.com slash 
five and five. So the number five, I N five, but I'll give it to you. I'll link to Perfect. It. We'll have it in the show yeah. notes. I'm going to be in there. Come do it with me. Yeah. And you'll have access to pitch templates and everything. So you don't okay. necessarily need the download. Um, you'll get far more than pitch examples in the challenge. All right. Fun. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else that would be fun to share that maybe you don't get to share about what you do Ooh. and what you what matters to you? I'm trying to think. I mean, the real driving force in what I do is helping lift up the voices of women. Um, and a lot of a lot of the poor pitches that I get are on behalf sometimes of men. Um you know, the more assertive, aggressive ones sometimes are. And I think, I mean, obviously we're very much in the space of lifting up women's voices. And the bigger reason for that is because I want to normalize the voices of women in leadership, both locally in the online space at the federal level, I'm in the U S. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would just say for your listeners who are thinking, Oh, podcast guesting sounds great, but I don't know if I'm ready. You, you are ready to someone. You just have to find who it's all relative, right? If you're right. intimidated by the idea of being an expert, you just need to find the people who right now you are an expert relative to them and pour into those people. So just don't let that fear part of it hold you back. Yeah. And start small. I, yeah. You know, you want to go and be on Super Soul Sunday. I know. I see you out there. <laughs> But think about who are Oprah's guests and if they have podcasts, who are the guests that they have on their podcast? And of the guests that were on that podcast, who are their guests of their podcast? Mm -hmm. Maybe start there. Like you can go four or five layers deep in the kind of in the influence and work your way up to wherever you want to go. I really like that, especially as it pertains because life coaches, when we work with them, you know, it's the Brene Browns, it's all the big shows. And we do a lot of that sort of seeing who a guest was and then seeing if they have a show. We've never gone down that many layers from a giant show. I love mm-hmm. that. That's such a, a fun, great takeaway. A fun pyramid. Yeah. Yeah. Seven, <laughs> yeah. what is it? The seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. What is yeah. the seven? Six, six or seven. Something. I don't know. Yeah, I know. No, I Hi, love Kevin. that. I'm going to try you it. You might be listening to. <laughs> Michelle and Kevin. <laughs> That's great. Well, I mean, it's a, like, think about if you're listening, the homework that we have given you, because I do like to think about this, like if this were the paid membership and, and you were yeah. the expert of the week, like it's time to get your pitch together. And I think mm-hmm. making the first one. So I want you to consider making your first pitch letter, write it to one person yeah, and send it out and then join us for the five days. Yeah, for sure. That's the homework today, I think. Well, and as a little asterisk, um, if that requires you to take something else off your plate, because I'm imagining your audience is probably posting on some sort of social, they are nurturing their already grown audience, skip that for today because these Mm -hmm. are two different marketing strategies. You're doing two different things. This is an opportunity to grow your audience and also in more of an evergreen fashion because once that Mm -hmm. episode goes live, you know, hopefully the show will grow over time and new listeners. I mean, I binge podcasts when I find them. So if it takes removing something from your plate 
that's okay to see mm-hmm. if this works and if it brings enough value to fully replace that. Yeah. Good point. As solopreneurs, yeah. that's really important. Yeah, for sure. What's the longest time since interview oh. date that you've had somebody reach out to work with you or one of your clients? Oh, to work with us. Um, oh, I mean, that's, it could be months to years. I thought mm-hmm. you were going to ask about an interview going live. Cause we have seen oh. some crazies like 18 months. To 18 months. Oh my goodness. Oh, it's nuts. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, I've had opportunities to where an interview went live and two days later I had a booked intensive with someone that heard me and then, you know, we're all different. And that's Mm -hmm. why whenever we coach people in their calls to action, I hate the training that's like, give them one place to go. They need to sign up for your email. I'm like, okay, but they're human and they are very capable of deciding the best place to connect with me. Mm -hmm. Um, so some people will listen you know, months, years, and then circle back. Sometimes they'll have a discovery call. Our current client right now, she had a discovery call with us last fall. She knew she wasn't ready. Like it would be too much of a stretch. Um, and then she, when she was ready, we didn't even get on a call again. She said, just send me the stuff. Like I'm ready six months with you guys. Yeah. Huge levels of trust required to be in business, right? The people will come, they're going to take care of themselves. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the interview too, is that you have someone who the audience already trusts. They trust you, Karen, and whoever you bring on, they assume that you have already vetted them and that they are worth the time. And then if what they offer is something appealing, cool. If not, you know, they still had a great time listening to you interviewing someone you respected. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Can I ask you some completely unrelated questions? I would love that. Okay. Well, first I should ask if you have a story about a time where you had the thought when I'm in charge, that'll be different. Uh, definitely when I was working in corporate, um, I was able, so I worked full time after I had my daughter, I was able to negotiate to four days a week and looking back on it. I gave up like part of my sales bonus, which wasn't actually changed. Like they didn't amend my goals. So Mm -hmm. looking back on it, I'm like, I should have never, I mean, I'm sure they would have anyway changed it, but I should have never offered that up because I was still hitting the same sales goals four days a week as I did five. So why give me less of my bonus? Um, But then when I had my son two years later, I went back and asked to go three days a week. And my boss said, I'll take you whatever time you can give, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but corporate did not. And so I just knew that if I was ever in a position to run a business and to offer flexibility to where women do not feel like they have to ask permission to spend time with their family, it would be done differently. And we have, I mean, we have a small team, but they're all on vacation this week. (laughs) That's awesome. My VA is on vacation too. Yeah. Good. I'm hoping I don't mess up anything. (laughs) I'm just not doing anything. Yeah. That's probably better. (laughs) I don't even know how to use my email software. When I got this new one, I was like, nope, I'm just not even going to know how to do it. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's a boundary you can set for sure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So what's one thing that you won't travel without? A book. I always, even if I never end up reading it, I just feel naked without a book thrown in my bag. 
you mm-hmm. know, right before I leave the house. <laughs> yeah. What are you reading right now? So my mother-in-law has this entire stash of amazing bestsellers and she gave them all to me. So it's in our bookcase and there's a series. I'm awful about knowing the authors, but it's the Addison Holmes series. They're all, they all have the word whiskey in the title, but it's just a very mystery, but super lighthearted series. And I've read read. probably, yeah. Hold on, Siri, Siri picked you up. Did you hear that? (laughs) Yeah, she started answering. <laughs> but yeah, so that's we've been reading. I've been reading a lot of that. Oh, awesome. I'm reading yeah. Story Worthy right now, and it is so good. Have you read that? What is that? that? No. It is not right here. I would tell you who wrote it, um, but it's a guy okay, who so- did a bunch of moth story slam storytelling, oh. and then he wrote a book on how to tell stories. And it is, it's a really good read, even if you don't want to tell stories, because yeah. he mixes stories throughout the whole teaching you how to write well. Well, because he's a great storyteller. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. Okay. I'll check that out. Yeah. What's a favorite restaurant experience that you've had? Oh, so we're total, I mean, I would say we're foodies. It's hard when you have a 10 and a 12 year old. One that we had recently is after Christmas, um, the last couple of years, especially since COVID, we have been traveling. Like we just kind of get out of town during that week between Christmas and when the kids go back to school. Mm -hmm. And we went to Asheville, North Carolina this year. And one of the restaurants that we pick, I don't know how picky your kids are, but a lot of times, you know, some of the restaurants we go to are not what my husband and I would go to if we were solo. But we picked a restaurant that we really wanted to go to and we got the kids ready, you know, like mentally prepared Mm -hmm. for this restaurant. And they did so great. They ordered normal food and they were so well-behaved. A couple commented and it was just kind of this bright light in our world of, okay, we can all do this as a family now. Um, And to me, it just kind of gave us permission to travel even more and do more Mm -hmm. things with them. That's really cool. Yeah. I, um, we just had on the show the group I used to work for, the Keep Fostering Program. Yeah. And one of the tools that they teach is pre-teaching and telling your kids everything that's going to happen, getting them all ready. Like, sounds like you did a really good job pre-teaching and that it paid off. Well, and my husband, this is something I don't always love, but he did let my son know that in between a certain time period, he could play his Nintendo like on silent. I think it was between when we ordered and when the food came. Mm -hmm. And I hate that. But I also was like, if this is what it takes to get through an adult meal, Mm -hmm. then let's do it. So I like that though. Pre-teach. I'll have to keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. I do it anytime. It's like a little bit high stakes. Like we really got to talk this through. What's it going to be like? (laughs) Any questions? (laughs) Right. And my daughter loves a plan. She doesn't like when the plan changes, but she loves to know the plan. Love it. How do you, as someone who works fairly online, link into your local community? So I love connecting live with people. Um, I've done it several different ways. I actually joined a co-working space last year and loved it. But then I was renting an office and co-working can be fairly expensive and it was a tiny office. And so then when the kids went back to school, I just... I was like, why am I packing my lunch to go (laughs) 
<laughs> across the street to sit in this closet. Um, yeah. And so now I have to be more intentional because there's not the break room that we can all connect with. So there's a couple of networking groups. And selfishly, I just started a second podcast earlier this year, and it's a local podcast where I interview women. And, I saw it when uh, I looked up your podcast. Yeah. I was like, she's got a local podcast too. Okay. There's not a lot of local podcasts hosted by women and for women. I feel they're all kind of in the political or sportsy space mm-hmm. and we're, we have more interest in that, you know, and also yeah. like what else? Yeah. There's more, yeah. more to do here and getting mm-hmm. to talk to all those cool women that are local and getting to know them and yeah. network with them. Yeah. A good idea. Yeah. Have you ever listened to um, John Goodman? He's a personal trainer and he teaches personal trainers how to have businesses that actually make money? No. Uh-uh. I love his marketing brain. And I recently listened to him. Um, he has a really good book about marketing that's just so straightforward. Um, but I recently listened to him talk about how to like start a podcast, but have it be this title that basically people's egos can't, like they're just like dying to get on there because even associating yourself with the name of the podcast like elevates your status in a way and then talk to all these people and then they all know what you do. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, locally, it's a great networking tool for people who do have more traditional brick and mortar businesses. Yeah. Um, it's a great lead magnet, but that's where guesting sometimes it's kind of hard if the business is just local because mm-hmm. typically there's not enough local shows to warrant, you know, a ton of exposure. But if you can be the host, then you can decide strategically who you want to connect with. And sometimes in that case, it's not even about building an audience. It's like having that important sounding title that people that you want to connect with will say yes to. Yep, totally. I have to check him out. What's a myth that other people believe about you that you let them keep? heard this on a different one of your podcasts and I was trying to think about it. It's a hard um, one. <laughs> well, it's super lame if I copy the last one, but I do think what your guest said about they think this comes easy. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't. I mean, I, I feel like, and I don't, I don't share a ton on social, you know, so it's not like it's just the sugar coated. What you see is what you get. But I think a lot of times in the entrepreneur space, people who are not in it, and that's what I'm picturing, like more of my more local friends or people who are not associated with me in business. Um, I think they just think running your own business, it's like a cash cow and (laughs) (laughs) your team does all the work and it's not messy and that you don't ever doubt, is this what you should be doing? So I think it's a different twist on what your other guest had said, but I think Mm -hmm. it's just this myth of entrepreneurship and how it's kind of built up when yeah. you're actually running a business, especially years into it, it gets messy, you know? Yeah. And I think if you don't question it, then you're not deep enough in it. <laughs> right. Now I listened yeah. to one of your episodes where you talked about like looking at job descriptions and yeah. considering like, well, what if I did something different? Yeah. And yeah. I mean, at this point, I think I'm unemployable. So I don't think I can go anywhere else, but I like that you, you know, we do think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I even had a phone interview. I think I shared it. And as soon as it was over, I was like, oh no, this is so not for me. And so I emailed (laughs) the person who interviewed. Yeah. (laughs) I really appreciate your time, but this is not a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. So 
All right. So people can find you. Where do you like to hang out online? What's your favorite So I really like LinkedIn now. It feels, it's just, I mean, there's noise, but I don't feel like it's as curated as Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, But definitely, I mean, the DMs of Instagram for sure. So we're over at the Podwise group. I like to connect with people. Um, And then LinkedIn, I've been active posting once or twice a week. And then I definitely respond to personal messages over there. So those are the best two social places. And then, yeah, check out the podcast. Go pitch yourself if any of this sounds interesting or appealing. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, we will see you in the challenge. Thank you for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you for inviting me. This was great. This is fun. This is the way it should happen all the time. Yeah, for sure. Before you go, do you know a friend who would love this episode? I hope you'll share it with them. And if you haven't already joined us for the 30 days of powerful questions, now is the time. Get on in there. This is a really powerful journey and people are loving it. I'll see you over there. Thanks for being here.